This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. I can tell you are very interested in the topic today because we've got Dr. Lee Merritt with us, and she's here to answer questions on COVID, China, mandatory shots, treatments, biological warfare. And we just want to get to the bottom of some of the facts and the truth. And you've been one of the voices of reason and truth and one of the outspoken uh, doctors. Thank you for uh, your voice. I met you last year month in Oklahoma at yes, the uh, yes. Liberty Pastors Conference. I know you're going to be speaking there again in a couple of weeks in Houston, Texas. So, uh, right. Dr. Lee Merritt, let's just start at the beginning and uh, ask you, when you first realized there was a problem with what was happening, what was coming out of our government, what was coming out of communist China and this threat of the coronavirus. I just want to go back to the beginning and what you observed right up front and just have you share your your thoughts with our audience, please. Well, I have to say that the first thing that came out of China, I thought those guys were honest. You could look at those doctors and what was happening. They were telling you the truth. Okay, they didn't know what was going on. They were surprised. I can tell you, I've been in an emergency room. I'm, I've spent my whole life doing trauma surgery and, and orthopedics, and it just had the ring of, of truth, even though I couldn't speak Chinese. The other thing I realized right away is they were telling us, the Koreans were telling us, everybody was telling us chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, get it on early, okay? They were telling us in China, don't use a ventilator, and don't use plasma. Put up whole blood and uh, oxygen. This is this is what we learned. If you took the time to see what they were doing and what they were saying, but then you look at what we were doing. Okay, we had you know Dr. Fauci, and I hate to even put that term doctor because it demeans the rest of us in front of his name. Yes, but Fauci's telling us, oh no, don't use hydroxychloroquine. There's no evidence that any of that works. Well. You know, when he first started doing that, when I first hearing, heard it, you know, and quite frankly, we knew about hydroxychloroquine probably a month and a half before Trump ever mentioned it. There were a whole group of us, thanks to the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and I'm, I, you know, I was just a little fry in here, but you had people like Didier Raoul and Zelenko and Brian Tyson and Al Centro and these guys that were treating lots of patients, and they were all being connected together through these emails, thanks to AAPS, and they were... Um, and they were talking about all the different treatments and the various different options. And quite frankly, you know, it was it was figured out pretty early that hydroxychloroquine really, really was working. So I started not being not being in the situation where I was running around treating people at that point. Because I was I was just a, a surgeon that was sitting home because they shut down all elective surgery. Hmm. And what I found was that the um, I started looking at the literature. Okay, so I'm not a virologist or anything, but. You know, I, I'm a scientist that doesn't like labs. That's how I ended up being an orthopedic surgeon, <laughs> I think. But I spent, you know, I spent six years after medical school in training. I know how to read science. I've done research. I know how to read the literature. And I went back, you know, paper to reference to paper to reference. And I found back in 1974, they knew about these agents like hydroxychloroquine, and there are a whole list of them, it's not just that one, that are, um, they, they act in special ways to inhibit viral viral you know, disease replication. 
And then I found a paper in 2004 that literally said chloroquine, which is the precursor to hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. is a potent inhibitor of influenza A in, in vitro. Now, my first thought was they just don't want to tell us this because they're trying to take down Trump. Mm. And then orange man bad, you know. Yeah. And then I said, then when I found that paper, I said, oh, no, I know what this is about. These guys don't want their $69 billion influenza vaccine industry to go to zero. That's what this is about. But it, then it was very obvious that it was even more than that, that this was this, that this was actually a suppression of the truth for decades. And so I, even before we had a vaccine industry. So I started going back and looking to see where we had ever talked about the science of this. So you could find in the basic science literature all about these chloroquine and there are a bunch of other drugs that they were using and that did this and that and the other thing, which is completely, I, I went to medical school in 1976 to 80, and we were always taught, oh, we can treat bacteria because bacteria have, have cell walls you can make, and the antibiotics like penicillin is the classic, punches holes in the cell walls and kills the bacteria. That's the very simplistic explanation we were given in medical school and that most people still believe today. Hmm. But the second part of it was, if you didn't have a cell wall, you couldn't be treated with any of these antimicrobial agents. So viruses were off limit. Well, it turns out that was just one big lie. They knew it, and they knew it back before I even went to medical school somewhat. And it became obvious by the time I was out of medical school to the basic researchers what was going on, that nobody ever... So you think about the suppression for that, and I have a paper out there if anybody wants to read it. It's in the Journal of the AAPS, and it's, it's uh, hydroxychloroquine is... I think, is the treatment of viral disease been suppressed for decades. To suppress this information, I realized right then, this is probably about February of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, early, early in February, I realized that this, this bespeaks a high-order problem. Yes. Because it isn't just one guy, it isn't one university, and it isn't one journal. We're talking about worldwide based medical, medical journals being being you know, suppressed so that you didn't publish anything. And if you saw one person publish something that showed it worked, they'd be, you'd never hear from them again. Wow. That's kind of what got me into this. I realized there was a huge cover-up mm-hmm. of the use of these drugs, and you have to ask yourself why. So I don't have time to get into or We don't have time this morning, but I did listen to your interview with one of our other podcast guests here, Alex Newman, um, talking about biowarfare and weaponization of medicine amid COVID. And I want to link that to our podcast today so you guys can go listen to that with Dr. Lee Merritt. But uh, going back to that time, is it too simplistic to say, of course, we know that the uh, the power elites and the globalists have an agenda against America. But when Trump mentioned uh, I think he mentioned hydroxychloroquine first before ivermectin was right. discussed. Oh, yeah. Long just before. for political purposes, it seems that people didn't even look into it. They just said, well, Trump said it was one of the f- effective treatments, so it must not be good. And then they people t- seem to take sides right away. Is that what you perceived as well? Well, I thought that's what was going on, and they used that as an excuse for a lot of people not looking at the, the data about the drugs. But what I'm saying was really going on was a much more nefarious long-term suppression of the information about these, these drugs. Because, it, in my opinion, this whole, you see, the other thing we've learned in all this is that, the, 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 and this is from David Martin and others, that the, that the patents for all the parts of this, 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 the toxin that makes you sick with what we call COVID 
was patented before 2018. Some of it goes way back, mm-hmm. you know, 2000. So this this is a designer disease that has been being worked on for decades through money from Fauci as the bagman. He's not the guy that put the money up. He took the money from the overlords, like like the Rockefeller Foundation and other places that funneled things. Even Gates isn't the biggest guy. It's funneled through the Gates Foundation. Hmm. He's the face poster boy, but it funnels through them to uh, the NIAID and over Fauci's lifetime, $800 billion has been funneled out to, to universities, to research arms, to things that played a role in this takedown. So this is a decades-long takedown. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just about Trump. I'm just going to say, this is when you go back, and, I, and, and, and here's one of these things, when people say, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist, you know, I'm so tired of hearing that, but I don't right. hear anymore. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing I tell them, okay? And I ask them this question. There's only two worldviews here. In, in 2020, the PCR test was starting to be used. Now, we know, and most people that are, you know, not completely living under a rock know that this was developed by Kerry Mullis, and he made the point that it's never supposed to be used for diagnosis, that if you know how to use these tests, you can produce whatever answer you want. This is a lab test, but let's give them at least, okay, let's give them that for a minute and say, okay, they used the wrong test, but they tried. This is something they were trying to do to do the best they could. But the problem was every lab around the world of any size overcycled the test significantly that gave a 90-plus percent false positive. Now, here's the deal. Lab managers are highly trained professionals. These guys have a good science background. They're highly trained to do these tests right. Mm-hmm. If they were in a hospital and got 90% false positive, they'd be fired. So they purposely – so they so the, you have to believe that either everybody – all these lab managers around the world has some kind of hissy fit psychiatric break. There was a group psychosis of lab managers. And, and not only that, they didn't make a mistake to the negative. They never undercycled. They always overcycled the test. So it wasn't random. They all had this, this psychological break that caused them to overcycle the test. That's one world theory. The other theory is they were all told to overcycle the test. Now, I don't really believe in the group psychology of lab, psychosis of lab managers. I think that's, that itself is insane to believe that could happen that way. And if you don't believe that, then you have to believe that there was somebody bigger than them telling them to overcycle the test. Yes. Now, it didn't just happen in Iowa or in the United States. It happened in all countries. Mm-hmm. So whoever is doing this, it's not the CDC, it's not the state labs. It is somebody at a transnational level instructing somebody else to tell all these lab managers to overcycle the test. I mean, I looked at the thermal Fisher instruction on how to do the test. I'm not a lab manager, but it's very clear how to do the test. They tell you, don't go over 30 cycles if you want a pure sample. If you want, you're going to get some false negatives after 30 cycles. Well, what were we cycling? We were cycling from 35 to 50. Wow. 40 to 50, usually. So so this is exactly what Terry Mullins said. Now, you know, and he died suspiciously in August of 2019 mm-hmm. after calling Fauci an idiot. So, <laughs> oh, no. But, <clears throat> you know, that's what's, that's, so those are the two worldviews. So at some point, we have to accept the fact that there, this isn't by accident. All these people are not crazy. All these people did not make mistakes. Fauci's not just an idiot and just a bumbler. It's a coordinated takedown. And once you realize, it's like I tell people on my own little podcast, I say, I say, look, if you think we're fighting a virus, you'll be a victim. If you think we're fighting a war, then you're going to at least be a survivor. It's not a warrior. Mm. okay? Because they're coming after you and they're coming after your children. 
you know, in 2020, 1.95 million Swedish school children did not mask, did not social, anti-social distance, did not uh, miss a day of school. Then not one death of children in Sweden. Hmm. Okay, and their teachers did not get sick at any greater rate. So children are not spreading it. There is absolutely zero reason to do what we did to our children. This is a war against our children. Masks are specifically bad for our children, and the vi- vaccine is going to kill more of them, probably already has, than COVID did. I don't wow. know the numbers in children right now. It was up to about a hundred, I think. But but I can tell you, I mean. Young people in general are not at risk of COVID. We had 20 people in the military in 2020. All military services combined, they had 20 deaths. We are now well over that by just one diagnosis. By giving the vaccine to everybody, we have over 88 cases, I think, in the Army of myocarditis. And that's that's got a 66% five-year mortality. So we've killed more people in our military than COVID did. I mean, how much of this are we going to accept? And that's just in the military, which is bad enough. But that's just um, the military. Why do we not hear information from VAERS? There is uh, information that you can get on adverse reactions to vaccines, and it, it just doesn't seem like the media is touching this vaccine adverse event reporting system. And it, it looks like the numbers are going up, and, and they're not telling us about those, so there's the context isn't provided. Um, why do you suppose that is? Because the information is out there, right? Oh, yeah. Now, see, I can, I can teach anybody in five minutes how to use the VAERS Wonder site to research this yourself. But I can also tell you, having followed the VAERS over time, that they're definitely – suppressing the numbers just like you can look at gold prices and say oh that's not right somebody's got their thumb on them. Mm-hmm. somebody's got the thumb on the VAERS numbers and that's what tom rents showed when he had a whistleblower his whistleblower says there's not five thousand deaths there's forty five thousand and that's based on the fact that the whistleblower works in the government looking at databases for fraud mm. you know it's like the irs they don't just look at your return they can they if they really want to get you they look at every aspect of your financial profile, and they can show that, although you said you only collected this, from all this we know you had to collect more. Okay, you know, you compare databases. That's what they did. That's what she did, too, or he did. That's what he or she did to, to, to figure out it was actually 45,000. Looking at the death counts for various different databases and blah, 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 blah. It's all in the government government system, but it's been, it's been not put up on the VAERS site. Now, having said that, if you go to VAERS today, it shows 5,800-plus deaths from the COVID vaccine, and this has been seven, eight months. If you look at the deaths of the last 31 years of all vaccines put together, they add up to about 3,800. Wow. So we, even by their suppressed numbers, we've killed more people with one vaccine than we've killed with the whole history of vaccinations back 31 years added together. Now, that says something. We also are seeing unusual patterns of death. You know, this thrombocytopenia that's very, very unusual that we're seeing, that, have, that has killed over 100 people already. Um, <clears throat> that's what VAERS was set up to do, was to try and, uh, you know, find unusual patterns and stop things before it got worse. Mm. You know what? They don't care. So this does, So there's no threshold at which they're going to stop this. Right. And back to your question about why aren't we hearing this is, again, we were at war in World War II in the Pacific Theater, 
did we believe Tokyo Rose? Was Tokyo Rose acting on our interests? She was mainstream media. Okay, we're at war, and our media is the enemy. Partly, yes. I mean, yes. there's the they appear to just be intelligence services. One of the you know when you see here's one of the things I learned um, from a guy in Washington D.C. who I think has intelligence connections. Um, I went out during the Great Insurrection. Remember that the storming of the Capitol? <laughs> right. I was standing on the Capitol steps taking selfies with people because I had my AFLDS coat on. I said, "What do you mean we're storming the Capitol? It's just it's like a Monty Python show." But anyway, <laughs> so I'm standing there on the steps, and and um, and but anyway, I was talking to this guy who said we were, I was talking about how I had come to the idea of what what's true because we're living in a uto- you know a dystopian world of like Orwell's dystopia where where truth is lies and, and, you know, everything's backwards. And so the question is, how do you know it's true? And I was telling him what I had learned from a Taiwanese engineer. And what he said was, when I was, uh, you know, in Taiwan, they don't listen to the communist Chinese propaganda from the CCP, the, the, the party. What they do is they have a section of government in Taiwan that monitors social media in Taiwan, in uh, China, I mean, and mainland China. And when they see something getting systematically censored, they say, aha, there's some truth there, and then they follow it. That's how they didn't get hurt so badly with this whole outbreak, because they shut their borders early because they saw what was happening mm-hmm. because of that technique. Now, I've been using that. you know. When, so, and so what he said also, think about the fact checkers. And we're finding out, like, uh, factcheck.org that, that comes out and says what, what great stuff on this vaccine is. Number one, uh, I think funders, Pfizer, I think that's the fact check. It's one of the fact checkers. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the fact checking people, Normal people don't fact check. This is what he pointed out to me when he said it. I went, oh, you're right. It's too labor intensive to fact check somebody. I mean, if you told me something that I didn't know much about and I had, I had to go and research it and then, then reference it and then put that stuff out, it would take a long time. But what happens is when somebody says something like I, I talked about masks at the, at the America's Frontline Doctors meeting and it got put out on the web and suddenly all these fact checkers came out and said false, 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 within days. Yeah. I mean, and got censored within days. That can't happen. That's the intelligence services doing that. Mm. And what I will tell you is, you know, I believe, in, you know, I think that you, people can look this up themselves. But look at the research on the Tavistock Institute and what's been going on and how, how we had, the, you know, pr- Project Mockingbird and all this. The CIA used to have offices outside of the, the big major studios, uh, TV for news studios. Stuff. Now they just put people in there. <laughs> now they just have CIA agents as, as, as your media people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, they're not going to, don't expect anything from those people. That's why you've got, and so what I do when I look for the truth is I look for who's getting censored and who's being fact-checked, negative, negative, blah, 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 and who's being suppressed. Yes. That's y- what we got to do today. Yes. We probably would have done a better job at reporting COVID than this, this, these guys. <laughs> Let me tell you, having, having been a Russian student in my college days and reading Pravda, I mean, they, they would have done better. That's this funny. is really, really bad, what's going on. Yes, and, and I... Uh, so, I think yeah, most of our listeners would, would recognize and, and uh, say, yes, we are at war, uh, just trying to get more people engaged and involved and actually informed, but there's so much misinformation that you've got to correct, uh, but, but it is a battle worth worth uh, going into. We've got two minutes before we need to take a break. Dr. Lee Merritt, we already mentioned uh, on your website you can get information on uh, medications, the nine supplements everyone should take. Uh, protocols for early treatment of COVID, dealing with work mandates, and hydroxychloroquine. It works. They lied. We uh, already discussed some of that. But I want to get one question in quick, and we've got 
And We've got a lot more. I don't know how much time uh, we can take with you. But, sure. but the first uh, one question is, with all that you researched, what is your biggest concern about any of the genetic therapy shots or the vaccines? What's your biggest concern right now? Well, in terms of the vaccine, that it's a lifetime problem. I don't think it goes away. I mean, we can maybe ameliorate it. I don't think it's going to be quite as dire as Luc Montagnier says. He's not a physician. And he's saying people are going to be dead. If, and he didn't really say what they said he said. What he did say is if you take the vaccine, you're going to be dead in a couple of years if you wear a mask or you get another vaccine. Well, that's good advice. Don't wear a mask. Don't get another vaccine. But I think the problem here is, is that this is a, you know, this changes you. Even if it doesn't get into your DNA, it, it changes how your DNA functions through epi- what's called epigenetic control. Mm. So they're not telling you everything they don't have to at this point. That's the beauty of an emergency use authorization. Wow. They're really, if you look at the Rockefellers, they're really into, it's all transhumanism. This is slowly changing your DNA and changing how it functions, and you don't want that. So how, when people say, well, I'm thinking maybe I'll just take the, one of the vaccines and then I'll at least be able to work. Don't do it. What mm. good are you to your children dead? Mm. You know, it's just not worth it. What we have to do right now is stand up and say no. Absolutely say no. Because you can't appease these people. Amen. Um, Dr. Lee Merritt, we've got a lot of questions to get to when we come back. And one of the things we will talk about since you very clearly flat out said don't get it, there is what you presented in this uh, uh, talk you gave about vaccine remorse and what people can do about it if they've already gotten the shots. We'll talk about that, plus more of your questions for Dr. Lee Merritt when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Dr. Lee Merritt, and you can get information on her, DrLeeMerritt.com, The Medical Rebel. Um, so many questions. Let's just, um, before we actually get to these other questions, I'm so sorry. You uh, mentioned your concerns when I heard your presentation at the Liberty Pastors Conference about the vaccine or the, the shots, the genetic therapy and what they would do. And you explained a little bit of that before we took our break just a couple minutes ago. You provided some information on vaccine remorse. And for those of our listeners that have gotten the vaccine that are now going, boy, I wish I wouldn't have. What can you share with them about anything they can do at this point? Well, yeah, I think there's several things. Um, and the, the biggest thing is, and, and we talked about that at the, at the, I mean, this is ultimately a spiritual war. It's time to take care of the spiritual aspects of your life Amen. and get in line with God. Because getting your energy level up, not succumbing to this, and also it helps, it helps in just depression. And don't let, them, don't let these guys beat you down with a psychological warfare. Okay, so, so aligning on the right side of truth and aligning with God and, and not getting yourself depressed. Let, you know, keep your spirits up. Keep engaged with other people. Amen. If you notice, one of the things they're doing is they're purposely trying to disengage you from other people. Yes. The masking, the, social, the anti-social distancing, you know, all these different things. And I, I just, I know I'll talk about the vaccine, but I just have to tell you this. If you haven't seen this picture, this tells it all. There's a picture out of a New York subway. And it shows these two little kids in masks looking at each other. It's a cartoon. And then it says underneath that the the word worst. And then they have these two little kids looking straight ahead in masks. 
and then it said better, and then it has them looking away from each other, and it said best. Oh, my goodness. That is a summary, in my opinion, of what we're facing here. Wow. So if war against your children, don't, don't let them win. Uh, you have to stay strong so you don't let them win. So keep your mental and spiritual health up. The second thing is, uh, this is this kills. You got to understand kind of how this kills you multiple ways. One of the big things uh, is is inflammation. So mm-hmm. live an inflammatory life, anti-inflammatory lifestyle, meaning don't eat junk, don't eat faults. You know, again, if God made it, you can eat it. That was Jack LaLanne's principle. <laughs> if man made it, don't eat it. So don't eat Crisco. Eat naturally occurring oils. Eat naturally occurring foods. It turns out it's not lard that's the problem. It's you know, corn oil and safflower oil and, you know, all that kind of stuff, canola oil. So, so eat, eat naturally occurring food, eat a low-carbohydrate diet, don't eat gluten, don't eat wheat. Grains are bad for you, uh, especially in, in terms of inflammation. Now, they're not as bad for some people as they are for others, but they harm everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, once you've been, done that, you need to and make sure you have nice, pure, unfluoridated water to drink. The next thing to do is to take appropriate supplements. And that's what I have on my website about the best supplements for keeping your immune system strong. Um, you know, the, the government wants you to die, apparently, because they're going after people like Dr. McCullough for simply saying that vitamin D helps. We've known, we have lots of scientific evidence for that going back decades. You know, the Japanese knew that, in, you know, when I was in, in, in residency in the 80s, that if, you're, if you kept your vitamin D level up, it prevented influenza more than any more than taking the vaccine. That was the nineties, I guess. But anyway, it, you know they've known it for a long time. So the, the government wants you to believe that, that taking supplements just makes expensive urine, and they know better. That's not true. So don't you know you have to get get the right supplements. Mm-hmm. And then there's for specifically for the people that have taken the vaccine, there are a couple supplements. Well, N-acetylcysteine is good for everybody right now. I used to take it in general because it makes a great antioxidant for the brain called glutathione. But for this disease and the, the, the diseases that we're, we're seeing now, it actually helps block the um, receptor for the, for the pathogen. For the, I'm going to call it a pathogen because I'm not sure it's a virus, for the spike protein. So if you take in the vaccine, keep in mind, it makes trillions of copies of this spike protein all over your body. So NAC helps block that. So I take a thousand a day. I think if I were a, a vaccinated person, I'd probably take twice that morning and night. Mm. And then uh, here's a big one is um, either dimethylglycine, which is DMG, or trimethylglycine, which is called betaine. That's what I take. Okay. And betaine actually helps methylate things. Now, one of the things that's really tragic about this vaccine is if they had told people, see, people didn't get informed consent. And they may not have known this because they didn't do any long-term studies on humans before they rolled it out. It's really increasing your risk of cancer. Wow. And the way it works this, yeah, it's really sad. The way it works is this, is that you have viral uh, cancer, or you have viral genes in your, in your genome, and you have cancer genes in your genome. We all do. That's why some families tend, you know, part of the reason why some families have more cancer than others. It's genetic. But what happens to keep, we don't all get cancer, even if we live in those families. What happens? Well, if you keep your vitamin D level over 60, your rate of cancer goes way down, and if you methyl, if you have good methylation, so people that don't methylate well tend to have worse luck with cancer, and it turns out that this vaccine takes away your ability 
It dumbs down your innate immune system. They did, they tell you this. They did it purposely so you would accept the vaccine. They wow. dim, they dim, dimmed down your immune system. And in the part of that was it's, it's not methylating right. Hmm. So we need a methyl donor. And that's what those are, dimethylglycine or betaine, trimethylglycine. Okay. So I would take that three times a day if it were me. Okay. And then the other, the, other, the other thing we're really worried about this fall, and I think we're already starting to see it because they're trying to convince you it's, it's Delta variant. No, it's the vaccine and antibody-dependent enhancement probably killing people. What's, what, can ha- what happened in the animal studies, and, and please don't ask me for the literature on this. I can send it, but people don't, they don't understand. <laughs> there aren't studies out there that say animals died from vaccine studies on coronavirus thinking about vaccines. No, 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 no. That, that didn't exist that way. These are high-level technical scientific studies that were done looking at coronavirus, vaccines, how can we test for things, blah, 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 blah. And buried in there is, is the references to enhance what they call immune enhancement. They even change the words over time. So you, unless you know how to read science, you can't find it. And if you know how to read science, you can find it yourself. Um, so what happened is the animals were given – it's not just about this type of technology. It's about the coronavirus or this type of disease. So these animals were given a, a vaccine, and, and they did use the RNA vaccines for coronavirus because cats are a very good, um, so they're a very good study group because they, they get sick with coronavirus. Hmm. So they used cats first, and they gave them uh, a vaccine. So far, so good. The cats were fine. And then they, they uh, you know, a month or two later, they challenged them with the actual virus they were immunized against, and all the cats died. That was a 100% fatal study. Wow. And the way they died was overwhelming sepsis and cardiac failure. What apparently happened was they had this inflammatory overshoot, and the immune, and, but the antibodies didn't neutralize the virus. So whatever happened is, you know, their thinking was the virus came in like a Trojan horse, reproduced, and killed the animal before you're, because you didn't really have an innate immune system. Hmm. That's really what we're worried about happening here. Now, we had other studies in ferrets where it, went and it completely you know, it hurt their lungs, same, same method, um, you know, it, they, rats, whatever. They, they had a bunch of studies, and it's a similar problem. And it's not just coronavirus. It's Zika virus, RSV. There are a bunch of different viruses in these particular families that are at risk of this immune enhancement problem. Or, and there's another thing called pathogenic priming. And this, this we've been accepting and weren't looking at because nobody would do the study because the pharmaceutical companies might reach out and kill you. And by the way, I'm not suicidal either. Um, pathogenic priming means I take a vaccine and then I'm more apt to get sick with, with anything because my immune system has gotten tooled up in a way that makes me at risk. So people have suspected for a long time, people who work in nursing homes, uh, doctors that are paying attention, a lot of people, that that. If you take the flu vaccine you're, and you're an elderly person, your, your death rate goes up that year. You know, so you, you, you ask people that work in, in nursing homes and they'll tell you the story that, that after the, they came around and gave the flu vaccine, suddenly their beds opened up. Unbelievable. You know, or my friend's an orthopedic surgeon and his aunt or somebody refuses to take the, the flu vaccine. And they called him just recently and said, would you come and convince your aunt to take it? And he says, why doesn't she want to take it? And they, she says, he, they told him, well, she says all her friends died after they, get, they got it. <laughs> and he says, you know what? I think that's a pretty good reason not to mm-hmm. take it. You know, yes. I'm not going to come convince her. <laughs> uh, you know, and don't give it to her against her will. So, but we have that problem here. So the other issue we're worried about is you get sick with anything this fall if you've had the vaccine, and you can have this abnormal immune reaction that can mm-hmm. kill you. So my advice on that is, and this is, first of all, everybody, 
everybody needs to have ivermectin and if they can hydroxychloroquine in their house don't wait until you need it just because you have a doctor that will prescribe it doesn't mean you have a pharmacist that will have it trust me that there's they're pricing this stuff out of existence and it's shortage already if i write for ivermectin right now a lot of pharmacies can't fill it. Well, that's so, what I, I wanted to ask you that, Dr. Lee Merritt, because a lot of people haven't been able to get it or they haven't been able to get these right. consultations uh, and they, they don't know where they can get it. And one of the questions we had for you this morning was, does ivermectin for horses work for humans? Because some people are getting it at their, their feed stores. So please clarify that for us. Yeah, including me, by the way. So... I didn't used to officially recommend it, even though I would tell people kind of with a wink and a nod, if I were to go to the tractor supply or the feed store and get something, this is how I would do it. Because here's the story. I mean, 120 capsules in America are three milligrams each. So that's 360 milligrams. If I write a prescription for you to get that, you will go to your pharmacy, and if you don't have insurance covering it, it will be five hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! But you—that's five hundred dollars for three hundred sixty milligrams of human ivermectin. But you can go down to to some place. You know, I got mine at Tractor Supply, and I'm not trying to push them. But almost any of these feed places, you know, big horse places and stuff, <clears throat> and you can get the sterile IV solution for horses. It's one percent solution, and it's fifty milliliter bottle. And if you get that. It's actually 500 milligrams, and it costs you $37.80, roughly. So I feel that we're morally obligated to help people help themselves. Mm. We can't necessarily help them. If I give somebody, it doesn't help for me to treat somebody with a prescription they can't afford. It doesn't. I mean, that's not practicing compassionate medicine. So I've quit being squeamish about this and just tell people, if you, you know, you could, should go to the stock up however you can. Now, you can get offline or online, you can go overseas to the overseas pharmacies, and people say, well, are they safe? And I say, well, look, for 10 years you've been getting your overseas medicine. All your medicine's been coming overseas from China. That's right. So just to think about this for a minute. I was over. I did charity work years ago over in, in Bangalore, India, <clears throat> got sinusitis, got sick, went to the local, went across from this five-star hotel where I was staying, across the street to this mud floor pharmacy, for $2, I got the right antibiotic and the right decongestant. It would have cost me $100 at home. And I got over it in three days. It was perfect. It was fine. It was blister sealed from Searle, I think. I mean, you know, in other words, they don't have the FDA, DA, which have we seen that? We've been saying for years at the APS, this is not your friend. The FDA is not our friends. It's not helping you, not making you safer. This is a perfect example. They've done everything to make you less safe. So I think we should quit listening to all these guys, quit going with the mainstream, and you're going to start taking care of yourself. I suspect a lot of people in your office, I mean, in your listeners, are preppers, you know? I mean, I grew up in, in Iowa. We didn't call it being a prepper. We called it being an Iowan because everybody knew about bad years, right? We mm -hmm. all had gardens. We all knew how to can. Everybody knew how the, the survival skills. Well, in addition to this now, you've got to get smart about your medical survival skills, and you need iv ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in your house. And then what you do is, you go to the website, c19protocols.com, and I have this on my website to tell you how to do this. It, you know, um, is I, I don't have all the protocols. I have McCullough's protocol, but you can find all the protocols at c19protocols.com, hmm. and you print them out. And then you have them, because if we're in real trouble and there's no electricity or computer system goes down or whatever, you want to have the protocols and the medicine sitting together. 
and then you have something. You also need antibiotics because the thing we're finding out this year is there may be a double head fake going on. What they may be, they've got all these doctors convinced, including me. I got faked on one of these. You, you know, got all these doctors convinced that it's a virus. So we're now using ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, the protocol, right? But then I'm getting my very smart doctor friends saying to me, you know, I don't think the ivermectin's working, blah, 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 blah. Well, <clears throat> I'd like to think I figured this out, but I figured this out <laughs> because my husband got sick, and it turns out he went to a, 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 a small hospital where the old-time doctor just started him on antibiotics as if it were 10 years ago, and guess what? He got well because it wasn't COVID. It wasn't a virus. He had good old-fashioned pneumonia. Mm. And this is what's happening. Or there's mycoplasma going around. Now, there's a lot of thought about that. It could have been that, too. Because then I had the same thing. I came home when, I, when he got sick and I had to finally take him to the hospital. He got the IV medication, and he started getting well. Now, I, this is, a, this is a, a, a story that has a moral. <clears throat> so I came home, took the very same antibiotics orally, and I got well. Now, that tells this was not a virus. This was this we had either mycoplasma or regular pneumonia, post-viral pneumonia, which is 10 years ago what we would have treated everybody for. But now we're so used to thinking viruses, we're not treating people for the simple treatable things. So then he goes down to the bigger hospital because he's by diagnosed because he's got a positive COVID test, and I'll tell you about the scam of that. And he goes down to the big hospital, and, uh, and he's getting better. For a day and a half, two days, he's, he's doing great. Then a PA comes around and says, oh, you shouldn't be on antibiotics. You're being treated for COVID. Takes him off the antibiotics. Then he drops down, goes in the tank again, gets sick again. Hmm. You know, and then I had to take over and, and do something. So I kind of took him to my friend who's a, a general surgeon, and I said, I need some help. I need to treat, you to treat this guy like it's 10 years ago. <laughs> and he did, and he got well. But that's what's, that's what's going on. Okay. So there's, we, are in a, we are in a terrible situation here. But, but in terms, now let me tell you one last thing before we, we talk about anything else. I want to tell you one last thing about if you've had the vaccine or if you've maybe been shed on because we're not 100% sure what you're getting in the shedding. You're, you know, I think you're getting the spike protein. Whether you're, not, you're getting the graphene or anything else that we know is in there, I don't know. And that is um, chelation. A friend of mine is a, a chelation doctor. And what we know so far about graphene is it can be degraded through oxidation, through, through antioxidation. So you, you, what you do is you, you give IV glutathione, IV vitamin C, and um, you can do ozonation. And those three things might actually help get rid of that. Hmm. So this is all, that's theoretical. A lot of this is theoretical, but if I'd been vaccinated, I'd do it. Okay. Because I don't want graphene in my body, and I don't want these... Other other things that are, you know, you want to antioxidate yourself as much as possible. So that's that's kind of my my vaccine remorse protocol at this point. Okay, there's you mentioned shedding, and I wish we had more time to get into that. Mm -hmm. But a, a few people emailed me about some who are taking blood thinners, and is there a problem with taking ivermectin while on blood thinners? And one other one, maybe no. if I can condense this. Um, someone's uh, finishing up chemo and cancer treatment, and is it advisable to take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin while finishing cancer treatment because the doctors apparently won't even consider those medications for this person? Well, you know, if you're immune compromised and you're, and you're kind of beat down from other treatments, <clears throat> I would certainly consider it. I mean, you could consider taking ivermectin 0.3 milligrams a day per kilogram, 0.3 per kilogram as a prophylactic dose weekly, you know, 
Um, I, I don't. I'm not saying that officially because I don't know anybody's individual cir- circumstance. Right. But it, it's not going to hurt you. And hydroxychloroquine is kind of a magic drug. It may not always work for, against the spike protein as well as ivermectin, but it does other good things for you. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of anti-cancer in its own right. That's why one of the reasons I think they don't want you to know about it. So, um, I mean, it's been used for, you know, millions of doses, <laughs> billions probably, and millions of people over, over 60 years, 50 years without real problems. So I, I like both of those drugs. Okay, thank and I, you. know, I, I think it's a problem, yeah, that you should probably prophylax yourself for. Yes. Dr. Lee Mara, we've run out of time, and it just went by way too fast with you, but I want to direct people to your website, com, the medical rebel. Um, hopefully your husband will continue to get better, and thank you so much for all that you're doing and your right. voice. And actually, 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 the website is themedicalrebel.com. Okay. That's the easiest way to get there. Great. Themedicalrebel.com. Uh, God bless you, Dr. Yep. Lee Merritt, and to have Thank a great time at so the much. conference in Texas. Thursday, we've got Brad Matz of uh, Life Issues, and uh, tomorrow is Lieutenant General William Boykin, and on Friday, Neil Mammon with Every Black Life Matters. Sorry, guys, we just ran out of time, couldn't, couldn't get to all the questions, but God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.